Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. I'm going to talk to you about what is the Great Commission. Let's check it out. Turn to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Okay. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. In Ephesians 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul states that God's purpose is to bring everything into subjection to Jesus Christ through the church. He says that the church is the vehicle which the Father wishes to use to subject all things to the Son. Chapter 3, the Apostle gives us his response to the revelation of the mystery. In chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, he describes his ministry in two parts. One, to preach to the Gentiles, verse 8, and two, to bring light of what is the administration of the ministry, verse 9. The first element of his ministry encapsulizes the Great Commission, since preaching involves going, evangelizing, and teaching to observe. I understand the second element to be a reference of church planting. The mystery is the church in which Jews and Gentiles are joined in Christ in one body, bringing to light the administration of all that mystery is setting up the body's physical manifestation in a specific location. The word administration refers to the outworking in time and space of the mystery. This description is an excellent theological definition of the term church planting. The passage is central to my philosophy of the ministry since in it, I see clear link between the Great Commission and church planting. The Great Commission is Jesus' plan for action, for accomplishing the Father's purpose before we look at the content of the plan. There are some observations to keep in mind. The plan was given to church through the apostles, so it is a plan for the whole church, not just a select group of individuals. The church is the vessel in which all things, including people, are being brought into obedience, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. To Jesus Christ, the plan is to accomplish obedience to God in every people group on earth. The plan is a reproductive process. The last part of the common command says, <clears throat> of the command says, teaching them all nations to observe all that Jesus commanded, which implies that the process of discipleship is incomplete until his orders to go and to baptize are observed and pass on to the new disciples, 2 Timothy verses 2 to 22. The plan gives the church responsibility of teaching to observe all that Jesus commanded. It is essential to distinguish between teaching to observe and teaching in general, teaching in the effective communication of information and ideas. However, teaching to observe involves the submission of the will to result in a new behavior. In other words, a renewed mind. Romans chapter 12, verses, chapter 12, verse 2. Is required part of the plan which implemented the plan in effect a great commission to plant churches only the church can accomplish the great commission in fact making disciples defines the church life and mission also according to the plan the church which pl is planted is one which reproduces reproduces and reproducing churches the plan is based on the authority of jesus which has all the authority in heaven and earth. Jesus' presence and power are available to the church for executing the plan. It is the plan of his choice for a limited time only, namely until the end of the age. The content of the plan 
is to make disciples of all people groups by going, all right? The first command of the plan is to go to the nations. It is a command for which the church to cross physical, cultural, and spiritual barriers to be present with every group, people group. This seemingly simple one word command has made many difficult associate, associated with it. Going involves education, translation, language learning, cross-cultural learning, and communication, missionary support, recruiting, and more. Whole organizations are established to address one or more of these aspects of going, but it remains the church's responsibility to carry out this command. How the church goes to all nations has a direct impact on the second command of the plan. Evangelizing. <clears throat> the second command of the plan is to baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Baptizing is the crowning moment of the process of evangelism. His command to baptize means that we are to, uh, to proclaim the gospel to the nations and incorporate those who believe in the church. This command also clearly states that the Holy Trinity of God and shows that the three persons of God are involved in this plan, teaching to observe. The third command of the plan is to teach those who are baptized to observe all the commands of Jesus. Jesus summed up all, all his commands and love thy Lord, love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor as thyself. See Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 7, and Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. How do we teach someone to love? This involves modeling love, teaching and preaching, fellowship, accountability, equipping, and mentoring. Now, God is not only new birth, but it is also to bring about obedience to Christ in the lives of those entrusted to us. It also includes training and sending missionaries to continue reproductive cycle of church planting. God's plan describes both the life and the mission of the church. By obeying these commands, the church lives out its identity and achieves its goal of making disciples of all nations. Church planting among the nations has to be based on a clear understanding of Jesus' plan. It is not just a good way of doing things or someone's great idea of reaching the nations. It is nothing less than his plan. It is the basis of the church missionary activity to exclude personal visions and agendas of individuals within the church. This has a direct impact of the dynamic of relationships within a missionary team. For the goal is not the property of the team leader or organization, but that of the, of the church as it has been commanded and authorized by the Lord as the church making known its mission to its members and the members understand the Lord calls out some for service on a church planning team. The next step for those with such a calling is for them to be prepared for service. Okay. And that's basically what it is. I mean, we're called to preach the gospel just like the disciples did. Okay. But there is, um, you know, people who <clears throat> will try to think that we don't have that mission we don't have that calling like we're we just go to church on uh on sunday and that's it <clears throat> you know it's more than that all right 
get here. Because in actuality, it's kind of, you still you have that uh, that watchman role. Okay, and, and what is that watchman role? I'm gonna check it out right now. Okay, here it is. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 6 to 9. But if the watchman sees war coming and doesn't blow the trumpet, warning the people, and war comes and takes anyone off, I'll hold the watchman responsible for the bloodshed of any unwarned sinner. You, son of man, the, as the watchman, I have made you a watchman of Israel. The minute you hear a message from me and warn them, if I say to the wicked, wicked man, wicked woman, you are on the fast track to death, and you do not, then you don't speak up and warn the wicked to change their ways. The wicked will die unwarned in their sins, and I hold you responsible for the bloodshed. But if you warn the wicked to change their ways and they don't do it, they and they'll die in their sins. Well warned. At least you will have saved your own life. Okay, and that's true. I mean, we're called to to warn others because somebody warned you. Okay. That's the thing. Somebody warned you about, you know, about your sins, about your actions, about your, you know, about your way of living. Okay. Someone with someone loved you enough to do that. And we have to share that same type of love. And According to the Bible, we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And by no greater love is by sharing the gospel to your fellow man. Okay. And you may have some reasons, you know, they may have done something to you. They may have. And according to the Bible, we don't live for ourselves. We live for him. And it's the gospel has to be preached. Okay, it's not an option. Okay, let's look at First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter nine. Okay, and it says on uh, the uh, the sixteenth to the eighteenth verse: "Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel! I preach voluntarily; I have a reward. If not voluntary, I simply discharging and trust committed to me." But then is my reward just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge so not to make use of my rights in preaching it. Okay, but let's get to that. Woe, woe unto, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Okay. You have to preach that gospel. Okay. You have to preach it. There's no excuse. All right. People died in order for that gospel to be preached. Okay. So many people died for this gospel to be in our hands. So much blood just to have it in English to be translated, just to have it to be translated in other languages too. that that's something i mean the first person you know the the most powerful martyr 
was Jesus Christ. Okay. Who died for the gospel to be preached. And then the disciples died for the gospel. Now, people even now dying for the gospel. That's something right there. And it's it's tough. The stakes are high. And I can't see how any more re any more real it could be in these times right now. In these times. Okay. Matthew chapter 10 verses 27 to 29. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. What you hear in the ear, that you preach upon the housetops. And fear not them that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him that is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not the sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Okay. It's going to get very brutal as time goes by. People are losing their bank accounts. People are going to lose their ability to buy food. Okay. People are going to start stealing because they can't get money out of their account. They've been locked out of their account. It's been happening. Banks are just having these little hiccups. Laws are changing to let perverts and criminals have their way and call it their right. The world's slowly going into chaos, slowly. That's what's happening. And it's come to a point where people are going to have to make a choice. Either they're going to serve God and obey him or they're going to be with the devil. <clears throat> and being lukewarm is not going to cut it. Going to ch church on the seventh day of the week and doing what you want to do is not going to cut it. Yeah, it's hard. It's tough. You have to make those decisions. But what other choice do we have? Because we're all going to die one day. That's the thing. And it's going to get to that point where Christians are going to look looked upon as despised. As, as terrorists, it's going to come to that point. All right. And people will say, well, God knows my heart. God understands. All right. Here's something for that.
He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay? God's not going to hear our excuses. All right? He's not going to hear that. But Lord, I, I I had these goals, and Lord, I, I I had to feed a family, and you know, when it comes to this gospel, it's very much, you know, are you going to obey me? Are you going to trust me? And that's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. I remember people used to say that, you know, we don't have to live like the disciples. There's Christians, and then there's disciples. And, and uh, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. It just as Zechariah, chapter four, verses five to seven. Then the angel who talked with me said, answered and said unto me, Knowest not thou? Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spoke to me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by my might, nor by my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay? That's what it is. That's what it's about. Not by my might, but by not by my power, but by my spirit. So we have that comforter. We got the Holy Ghost if you're born again. He will correct you. You won't always like it, but he is there to lead and to guide. Okay. And God's will is not always pleasant to us, but that is his will. Okay. And I'm saying the world is falling apart and Jesus still wants us to go and work for him. Even when it comes to being on the subway trains and preaching the gospel, it's not easy. It's not. There's anxiety. You're nervous. What if someone attacks me? What if someone hurts me? I've been through it. But here's the thing, you know, the gospel still has to be preached. We trust God to protect us. Not always easy to do. Or we do our own thing, which are consequences there. It's up to us what we're going to do. We don't have any excuses. We don't. We really don't. That's the thing. And we have to love them more than mother, father, sister, brother. Love them more than our children. Came to bring a sword. Um, you know. Did not come, he brought peace, but peace on his terms, okay? When a king comes into a new country to conquer, 
he always brings peace, but it's on his terms. That's the thing. A lot of people forget that about, about Jesus. But you always hear in churches. That's why sometimes, sometimes it's not always good. Sometimes it's not always good. I don't, I'm not against um, the gathering of the brethren. But you have to find a like-minded, uh, you have to find a like-minded body of believers. That's the thing. And sometimes those, most of the times, it's very small. Okay? It's it's very small uh, little uh, gathering at times. Sometimes it's big. All right? And that's that's basically how it is, because very few people want to follow Jesus. Many believe, but few want to follow him. Okay. Matthew chapter ten, verse thirty-four. Think not I have come to send peace on earth, but I can't. But think not that I come to send peace on earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. Okay. For I have come. To set man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And man's foe shall be thine of, of thine own household. And he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And it is a very tough life to live. Very tough. Because... You have to be willing to give up everything. And it hurts. It's agonizing to the mind. You may have a good relationship with your parents and your children. You may lose your marriage over following Jesus. That's the cost. Obeying God. Lot lost his wife. He obeyed and kept going. The wife looked back. He was, she was not supposed to do that. And she ended up being a pillar of salt. But you obeyed God and you're alive. Okay, you could lose your own life. Okay. All the disciples died horrible deaths except for one, John, who died in on exile. And that is that is what it is. That is what it is. You have to be willing to seek God and love God more than your own life. Willing to be poor if it need be. I remember a story about a woman in Asia, I think China. She was a doctor, but then she became a Christian. She went from having a prestigious job to using a toothbrush to scrub toilets and bathrooms. How many people really want to do that? Have all this big education, big money, and then because of the, the, the government at the time, you want to be a Christian? Cool. You're taking away your privileges with your education. You're going to be scrubbing toilets. Still preach Jesus. There are people who, because they refuse to give up Jesus, they were dumped in a body of excrement.
I don't think I could do that. But that's but that's the road. That's the road ahead. In China, people are being persecuted, women are getting assaulted, men are getting beheaded for their faith. Sharing the gospel. And we're here in America, very comfortable. And I say this to me too, sometimes it's just like, I don't, you know, getting up on that subway train to want to talk to people about Jesus, it's nerve wracking. Then you think about what, what, I just talked about some dude had to be dunked in human feces because he refused to renounce Christ. And I'm complaining about trying to talk to strangers about Jesus. Even trying to talk to him about when you took that stuff, how, okay, you did that for your family's fine, but now is the time to get stronger because the next round, the next test is the mark of the beast. And if you fail that test, there is no coming back. It's tough, but he said, not by my power, not by my might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Zechariah chapter four, verses five to seven. Have a blessed day.